With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, good evening, everybody. Joe Beningo back with you again. The O the Pain podcast, Monday, May 9th. It is 2022. The Joe Beningo O the Pain podcast, of course, is brought to you by Beach Camera, by the Hackensack Brewing Company. We'll be there Friday night for our next big live podcast extravaganza kz sports marketing kenny zor will be there as well from kz sports marketing i need a discount tire uh of course the blue hill golf course i'll be there later on today 102 tea time in beautiful pearl river new york and by the sidebar uh on 45 main street in hackensack new jersey all right yeah you know this morning or this evening or wherever you are in the in the time of the world, I mean, I don't know what time zone you're in. If you're listening to this, I got to believe you're probably in the Eastern time zone, but you could be anywhere. We got to open with the Rangers here as they uh, right now get ready for game four tonight in Pittsburgh against the Penguins down two games to one. Let's let's be honest. If you're a Ranger fan, you're concerned about that. They're in a little trouble here. I mean, who's kidding who? They're down two one in the series. They're down to Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and that whole group, Gensel and these guys. You got to be a little worried about it. And I'll tell you, game four, let's be honest about, uh, about this, too. Excuse me, game three, I should say. Let's be honest about this, too, from game three. Igor Shosturkin looked rattled in that first period against Pittsburgh. Gave up four goals, looked very shaky. Gerard Gallant eventually pulled them out of the game. And uh, Gorgiev came in and played the final two periods of this game. Shesterkin looked rattled. I think the crowd got to him. Something that I didn't hear anybody mention this. And to me, this was a big deal. This was the first time Igor Shesterkin, he's, what is he, a 20, 21-year-old kid, however old he is, right? Doesn't even speak, you know, full English or anything yet. Young kid. This is the first time Shesterkin played in a big playoff game in a hostile environment especially in a place like Pittsburgh. And they were chanting Igor early on after he gave up the first goal all the way. I thought he was completely rattled. I think Gallant did exactly what he needed to do to get him out of the game. Now, look, Justerkin's played a lot of hockey over the first couple games. That 79 save uh, performance in game one, even though they lose it in overtime to Pittsburgh, if he played almost two full games that night, then he backs it up two days later, the game that they won 5-2 to two at the Garden. Uh, he had 39 saves in that game. So he's played you know, really a lot of hockey, basically three games in a three-day period is pretty much what Shesterkin played. So, you know, that could have affected him as well. But I thought he was clearly rattled by the crowd in Pittsburgh. And, and I didn't hear anybody bring that up whatsoever. But with that said, the Rangers are down 4-1 at the end of the first period. They come back. They tie the game. It's 4-4 in the second period. Uh, you know, you're feeling pretty good that they've come back. You know, Gordgiev has kind of stabilized things in the net and all of that for them. And you feel, okay, you know, maybe they've weathered this big storm. They found a way to come back. You go on, boy, this would be a heck of a game to win after you spot Pittsburgh a three-goal lead. But here's really where the game was lost to me. 
you know, all year the Ranger power play has been absolutely fabulous. I mean, it's been one of the strengths of this team. You know, Chris Kreider had, what, 26 out of his 52 goals. I think he had 26 or 27 on the power play, something like that, an all-time Ranger record, unbelievable. You know, so their power play has been great. Now, they haven't had a ton of power plays in this in this series so far. Let's be real about this, too, over the first three games. Pittsburgh has had the majority of the whistles go their way, including the goal that was wiped out in game one, which, you know, if the Rangers do go on to lose this series, you know, you're going to look back at that moment as a, as a big moment in this hockey series. There's no doubt about that. So that's something that you got to keep in mind, no, no question about it. The whistles have certainly gone the way of the Penguins. I mean, I understand that I'm a Ranger fan, all of this stuff, but still, the Penguins have got the beneficiary of the whistles in this series, in my mind. Finally, we get to the third period. The Rangers, well, first they get the, at the end of the second period, they get that power play that kind of, you know, bridges the second and third period. And then they get two more in the third. So basically in about a five, six-minute period of time, span of time, the Rangers get three power plays. They don't score on any of them. And to me, that's the game right there. The Rangers get stopped on the three power plays, get nothing. And you really felt at that point, oh, I did. I felt, you know what, man? I'm really worried now. They've just blew a major chance to take control of this hockey game and, and also take control of the series. And, of course, eventually, you knew it was coming. Eventually, Pittsburgh winds up scoring the goal, gives them that 5-4 lead. Uh, they go on to win it 7-4 seven, seven to four with two empty net goals. That's the other thing, too. Now, you could – I guess it's, I don't know, kind of splitting hairs here a little bit. But I thought Gallant went uh, – pulled the goalie a little too quick there. It was 5-4. There was still over two minutes to go in the game. I think it was at the 225 mark. Gallant called a, a timeout, and then he winds up pulling Gorgiev. And, uh, and immediately, within about t- 10 seconds, Pittsburgh scores an empty net goal. They get another one. They wind up winning the game 7-4. I thought Gallant pulled the goalie a little too quick there. Maybe waited. Maybe wait till like the one 120 mark. Give it another minute before you take the goalie out of the game. That's not the way he played it. And uh, Pittsburgh winds up getting two shorthanded goals. They go on to win the game by a final score of 7-4. And now lead the series two, game to, two games to one. Of course, a monumental, huge game four tonight uh, in Pittsburgh for the Rangers in a game they have to have. I mean, let's let, let's be real about this. If the Rangers are going to win this series, if you are a realistic Ranger fan, you know this, and I I think it's no, I don't think there's any question. I don't. Not only do I think the Rangers have to win tonight if they're going to win this series, the Rangers got to win Game Five. They got to win the game back at the Garden too. If the Rangers aren't up three two going into Game Six, I don't think they're winning this series. I really don't. So I think not only is tonight a must-win, which clearly it is, because I don't think they're coming back from three games to one, even though two of the three games would be at the Garden. I I just don't think that's happening. You know, they're going to have to win one game in Pittsburgh at some point. You know, we saw that a few years ago back in 2014 when they went to the Cup Finals. Remember, they beat Pittsburgh in the second round that year. They were down three games to one, came back, won the last three, and won the series. I don't think that's happening this time. I don't get that feeling. I don't get that sense this time, that this is going to happen with this Ranger team. This is a young Ranger team. A lot of these guys are, are experience, uh, experiencing the, uh, we'll use the word, I'm going to sound like I'm smart, crucible of the playoffs for the first time. Guys like Kako, guys like Lafreniere, certainly guys like Shesterkin. So this is a little, you know, different feel for these guys than that veteran team of now, you know, eight years ago back in 2014. 
But I'm telling you right now, man, they got to win tonight. This game, they have to. And they need to start to bounce back and be, and go back to playing the kind of uh, hockey he's really played all year. And he played in the first two games of this series, you know, probably on his way to the Vesna Trophy. So if the Rangers are going to win this series, they got to win tonight and they got to win uh, back, uh, when would it be, on Wednesday uh, in game five at the Garden. They need to be up three games to two if they're going to come back and win this series you know, this clearly looks like a seven-game series right now. If they're going to win this series, going to be it's going to be a seven-gamer. I don't think the Rangers are winning the next three games. So I, I, I think clearly uh, this is going to be a seven-game series if they do, you know, hopefully come back and win it. But they got to win tonight, and then they got to win on uh, on Wednesday as well at the Garden and get themselves in position where they got a three-two games, three-to-two games uh, game lead series lead uh, in this best of seven. Uh, they got to be going back to Pittsburgh for game six, up three games to two. So we'll see what happens tonight. They need to hit it on the power play. They really do. They, they got to hit on all cylinders tonight. And it would be, you you can say it, whatever you want. This has been a terrific regular season for the Rangers. I give all the credit in the world to the job Chris Drury has done. Uh, Gerard Gallant, you know, I was a little upset when the, when the Rangers let J.D. go, John Davidson go before the season started. But Drury has done a tremendous job. I mean, there's no other way to say it. You have to admit that. The guys that he brought in at the trade deadline, all of those guys, Cop, who's been terrific, Vetrano. So you got to be happy with the job Drury's done. But it would be a major disappointment for this Ranger team if they can't, after the season they had, if they can't get out of the first round of the playoffs. So an absolutely huge hockey game tonight. Game four in Pittsburgh. Rangers, Penguins, Penguins lead the series two games to one. Again, the Rangers need to win not only tonight, but game five as well. I really feel they got to be up three games to two going to game six if they're going to win this series. All right, let's get let's get some of our sponsors in here. Uh, Beach Camera, let's talk about Isaac and Beach Camera. You know the deal. They've been in business for over 30 years. They offer all the top brands, LG, Samsung, Sony. Give our buddy Isaac a call. Beach Camera, 732-993-6385. You can stop in. 80 car to drive Edison and let him save you some money. You can use the code Joe B J O E B for 15 bucks off your order of a hundred dollars or more at beach camera. So uh, check it out. Always good to see uh, Isaac and we appreciate uh, all the support that he's given us. Also, you know, it's coming up. I want to, I want to promo it coming up on, uh, on Friday night, uh, this Friday, May 13th, our third time now at the Hackensack Brewing Company for a live podcast. Weather looks pretty good. So we'll probably have some room outside as well. Finally, the rain looks like it's gone. We got a full week of nice weather. As I mentioned, I'll be playing at Blue Hill in, uh, in a little while. My wife and I will be ready to go low as we have a, a 102 tea time at Blue Hill. But coming up on Friday, this Friday, May 13th, you know the deal, the Hackensack Brewing Company, 10 minutes off the George Washington Bridge, less than 30 seconds off Route 4 in Hackensack. Check them out. Uh, they always have 12 beers on tap. You got the tap room from 4.30 to 10. They're open on Monday through Friday, uh, 2 to 10 Saturday, 12 to 8 p.m. Sunday. Check it out. Come in and see the great Mike Jones, the great Herb, the great TJ, the great Andre. Everybody will be there. Hopefully, JJ will be with us. Some, some A bunch of surprises as well uh, coming up on Friday night, 78 Johnson Avenue, Hackensack, right behind the uh, to Tombstones. So uh, we'll see you there on uh, Friday night for our third adventure. Uh, into the Hackensack Brewing Company for a live podcast. All right, Joe Beningo with you here on the uh, Oh, the Pain podcast. All right, the baseball weekend. Now, it was an interesting weekend in the local baseball because 
with all the ridiculous rain that we had on Friday and Saturday, we had all these rainouts. The Mets, you know, played Thursday, that unbelievable comeback where they were down 7-1 to the Phillies and came back and scored seven runs in the top of the ninth inning to win that game 8-7. Unbelievable. It's been an unbelievable year for the Mets so far. But then get rained out on Friday and Saturday. They played a doubleheader yesterday and split the doubleheader. They lose game one. Max Scherzer, you know, the Phillies hit him a little bit. Bryce Harper hit a home run early in this game off Scherzer, but he did settle down, gave him six solid innings, but uh, lost for the first time. I think he I think he had gone 22 consecutive starts, 14 straight decisions, uh, spanning really three different teams, Washington, the Dodgers, and the Mets, since uh, Scherzer actually lost the game. So they lose the first game of that doubleheader, three to two. You know, what are you going to do? But then they bounce back. And win the nightcap on a huge night by Pete Alonzo. Alonzo hitting two home runs. He drives in five runs in the game. The second one, an absolute monster blast. Mets win the second game of the doubleheader, 6-1. to one. Chris Bassett pitching well. Solid five and two-thirds innings from him. Then you got to work from the bullpen after that. And the Mets wind up splitting this, uh, the, uh, the doubleheader. Mets have still not lost a series all year. They win a series again against Philly. They've played nine series so far. They've won eight, and they split the one four-game series at City Field last week against the Braves. So it's unbelievable. The Mets are up are 20 and 10 right now. I think they got a six-game lead in the division. They're really playing well. Yeah, they got the first team in baseball to hit 20 wins at this point in the season here on May 9th. And you you just gotta be freaking sky high. I know I am right now as a Met fan. I mean, what else can you say? They're, they're hitting on all cylinders. Uh, we've seen so many of these epic wins already this year. They're scoring so many runs. They seem to always score um, multiple runs when there's two out in the inning. They're getting outstanding starting pitching. The bullpen, for the most part, has been good, even though, you know, I don't have a lot of confidence in guys like Adovino, Trevor May, you know, he's hurt right now. And even Diaz, who's been lights out, you know, still, he's really been great. I mean, you can't say he hasn't, you know, it does scare me uh, a little bit. But right now you're a Met fan, man. You are absolutely flying high. So they take two out of three in this uh, this series against Philadelphia. They're sitting there in first place in the division at 20 up and 10 down. They got an off day today, and then they go down to uh, to D.C., my favorite city. Uh, go see Joe and everybody in D.C. Oh, baby. And uh, they'll be down in D.C. <laughs> Stay away from the Supreme Court when you're down there. Uh, they will be uh, – they'll play a three-game series against the Nationals. Uh, starting tomorrow night uh, in Washington. I guess Carlos Carrasco makes the start tomorrow. I'm, I, I'm just making an assumption here, but I, I would think we'll see Carlos Carrasco tomorrow, probably Taquan Walker in uh, game two of the series, and uh, then we'll see uh, Tyler McGill. I would assume those will be the three starters for the Mets. You know, I should never assume, but I will. So I, I'm, I'm going to go with Carrasco and, uh, and Taquan Walker and then uh, Tyler McGill in the three-game series against Washington. So, you know, we'll see, but right now Mets are flying high. You got to be just uh, beside yourself and uh, enjoy right now. If you're a Met fan, as they sit there at 20 and 10. Now, as far as the Yankees, Yankees had kind of the same situation as the Mets did. Uh, they had a off day Thursday. They had two rainouts against Texas. So they're actually going to play this afternoon. They're going to wrap up the series. Nesta Cortez will be on the mound this afternoon for a one o'clock start at the stadium to finish out their series against Texas. They, too, split their doubleheader yesterday with the Rangers. Won the first game 2-1. to one. Gleyber Torres with a walk-off game-winning home run. And how about how about Chris Woodward, the manager of the Rangers, 
basically calling Yankee Stadium a little league ballpark that the home run that Torres hit to win the game, you know, which, of course, you know, was in the right field porch. You know, uh, God knows how far it was. But, you know, maybe it was 310 feet, whatever. And he basically said that in 99% of the ballparks in America, that ball would not have been a home run. It would have been an out. I mean, come on. You can't call. Look, do I love Yankee Stadium? Is Yankee Stadium, can we call it a band box, especially in right field? Of course. The ball flies out of there. You know, there's not the ball flies out of this new Yankee Stadium more than it did in the old one. So you've always had the short right field porch going back to Ruth and Gehrig, you know, uh, 1923 when they built the place. And that's why the Yankees have always, you know, for the most part, all the different, you know, incarnations, incantations, whatever the right word is, of Yankee dynasties we had over the years, you've always seen a lot of left-hand power, whether it was, you know, Ruth and Gehrig, you know, whether it was, uh, you know, guys like Charlie Keller and Tommy Henrik who played with the Maggio, you know, uh, in the 40s and then into the into the early 50s, whether it was the team in the 50s, the early 60s with Mickey, of course, as a switch hitter, and Roger Maris, you know, with that left, Yogi Berra with the left-hand power, even going into, you know, the uh, the Reggie Jackson, Thurman Munson years when, you know, you had Reggie, you had Chris Chambliss, you had Greg Nettles, you had all that left-hand power for the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. You know, even into the Joe Torre era, Tino Martinez, Paul O'Neill, Bernie Williams as a switch hitter. You know, you always had a lot of left-hand power. And that's one team that this, that's one thing that this team really didn't have. And that never made me, uh, I could never understand it. You got all these big power hitting right-hand hitters, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo, and I know they could hit the ball out in right center. I get that. But you finally got a guy that could hit the ball left-handed out of the park. And Anthony Rizzo was a terrific player. And uh, the Yankees need to get back to that. But they've always had that short porch in right field. And that was ridiculous what Woodward said yesterday. But whatever, Torres wins the game. Cole pitches well. He's really bounced back terrifically from that bad outing, that less than two winning outing he had in Detroit a couple weeks ago. So he's pitched well. Said he won the first game in a doubleheader. Didn't work out so well in the second game. They wind up losing four to, four to two to Texas. Like I said, they'll wrap up their series today with Nesta Cortez on the mound. But the Yankees sitting there uh, in first place in their division. The Mets are at 20 and 10. The Yankees, I believe, are at 19 and 8 right now. So, uh, you know, the two New York teams can't play much better than they're playing right now. So if you're a fan of either one, you got to be pretty happy. I know the Yankee fans are never happy. You know, ah, it only matters in October. Well, you got to play the games in May to get to October, right? I mean, you got to be happy that the team is 19 and 8, but whatever. All right, Joe Beningo with you here. The Yoda Payne Podcast. Now, a couple other, let's get a couple more of my sponsors in here. The great Kenny Zor. He'll be there again Friday night. My good buddy from KZ Sports Marketing really does everything. I mean, this guy, uh, uh, the work ethic is off the charts. Uh, he books guests for me on the Yoda Payne Podcast. He's done it. We're going to have more people coming in. We're working on a bunch of different people right now with Kenny. If you're looking to secure your favorite athlete or celebrity for any event, could be a charity function, corporate golf outing, in-store autograph appearance. Give my good friend the great, great Kenny Zor. Give him two greats. Kenny Zor from KZ Sports Marketing. Call call him or text him directly right on his cell phone, 516-996-7616. Simply visit kzsportsmarketing.com. Uh, the great Kenny Zor, as I said, he'll be with us Friday at the Hackensack Brewing Company. And then, of course, remember a couple of weeks ago, we did a live podcast at the uh, Sidebar in downtown Hackensack, right in the courthouse area. Check it out. It's a great, great little place to have dinner, have a couple pops, 
Uh, really, Chef Danny does a tremendous job. You can get a lamb burger there. Who the hell is getting giving you a lamb burger? Unbelievable. Check it out. They got a bunch of interesting uh, other sandwiches as well. And uh, go over to 45 Main Street in uh, Hackensack, New Jersey, like right in the shadow of the courthouse. I mean, right there, you can you can throw a football to there from, well, maybe, a, you know, if you're uh, Zach Wilson, you could throw it. <laughs> I don't know if I could. You know, Joe Burrow could. You know, Patrick Mahomes. Anyway, 45 Main Street experience, sidebars, casual yet classy atmosphere. Check it out. See Seth over there. Uh, all our friends at the sidebar, 45 Main Street, Hackensack, New Jersey. All right, everybody. Uh, we'll continue. Got a few things we want to talk about. How about this? Stuff? Did you see this stuff? And I know not everybody's really into golf. You saw Max Homer win the Wells Fargo uh, um, yesterday by two shots over Keegan Bradley. Uh, you got the PGA coming up in Tulsa in a couple weeks. Uh, what do you got? You got Quail Hollow this week, right? I believe that's what the, what we got. No, 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 no. There's no Quail. Not this. No, you don't have Quail Hollow. You got the Byron Nelson in Texas this week. That's what we have. So you got to get it right. And then a week after that, they'll be in Tulsa for the uh, PGA, the second of the majors. How about the fact, speaking of the PGA, now the defending champion of the PGA is Phil Mickelson, who had a, you know, at the age of 51, 52, whatever he was, became the oldest guy uh, to win a major tournament had a tr- last year. Uh, down in uh, in Hilton, where was that? Hilton Head. Where was that again? I can't. Kiowa Island. That's where it was last year. Kiowa Island, down in uh, South Carolina. And Phil won the PGA, but I don't even know if he's playing in it this year. Phil's had all these problems. He's got an issue with the PGA. He's trying to, you know, break away from the from the regular PGA tour and go over to the uh, this new league they're trying to. Greg Norman's running whatever in Saudi Arabia and all it is and. So who knows? Phil's had his problems. Didn't play in the Masters, which to me was a major mistake by Mickelson. Phil, you got to play in the Masters. You won it three times. How are you not playing in it? And I don't see how he's not playing in the PGA. He's the defending champion. You got to be there, don't you? And then we come to find out this week that Phil lost $40 million gambling over the last couple of years. What? $40 million gambling? Wow. And I knew Phil. Look, Phil's got some rogue in him we know that you know phil's a he's an interesting character little loose character sometimes 40 million he's lost in gambling debts oh my god i knew he was a big gambler never thought it was that that bad but phil please can you freaking play in the pga and the pga coming up that, that you're the defending champion so i guess that's still up in the air yet to be determined hopefully we'll see phil mickelson play there in a couple weeks in uh in tulsa uh the other thing about the pga tour is this thing with Sergio Garcia. Do you see this thing at the Wells Fargo over the weekend? And it was crazy there with all the rain they had. I don't, I don't know how these guys play when it's raining like that. But, you know, that's the that's the pros. They're going to play unless you start seeing, you know, major uh, puddles on a, on a putting surface on the greens. You're going to see these guys playing. Uh, which I, And, you know, of course, if there's lightning, they're not going to play. But nevertheless, Sergio Garcia really ripping the PGA uh, when uh, they, the rules officials got on him because he took too long while he was looking for a ball. And he just went crazy when they gave him a one-shot penalty that he was looking too long. I guess the rule is, and they got some ridiculous rules on a PGA tour, but as my wife is, you know, because she's basically like an official on a tour, she's telling me you got to, once you get in the area of where you believe your ball is, you actually, you, you, you got a three-minute time limit to find the ball. So I guess Sergio went over the three-minute limit, 
They gave him a one-shot penalty. He got all ticked off, said, I've had it with the tour. I can't wait to get out of here. He wants to go play, you know, in Saudi Arabia or whatever. He wants to get he wants to get, get out of it. He wants to go, whatever. But there's a lot of a lot of controversy going on. Look, I got a lot of problems with the PGA tour. They finally, you know, really loosened up some of the rules that they've had, you know, over the years. There's still too many rules, I think, that are a little too, you know, a little too tight. You know, the, the, you, I don't know how, the, how else to say it. You know, a little too, uh, you know, Archie Bell and the Drells, if you're as old as me, with the tighten up and all of that from the 60s. But they're a little too tight on that kind of thing. So, uh, I don't know. But these guys, you know what? Give me a break. You know, Sergio's always been a little bit of a baby, right? I mean, he always has. Going back to his early days. Look, I mean, he's a great golfer. You can't take it away. The guy's one of Masters. The guy's one of Players. You know, he's made you know millions and millions of dollars. There's no doubt about that. But give me a break. Can these guys just go freaking play golf? You know, you become multi, multi-millionaires by playing on the PGA Tour. Now you got a big problem with it? So I got a problem with that. I got a problem with Sergio. I got a problem with Phil. You know, both of you two guys, get your rear ends over to Tulsa and make sure you're playing in that PGA in two weeks. And uh, we'll see. I'm picking Scotty Scheffler to win again. I mean, to me... He's going to win another major this year. He won the Masters. He's won four times already on a tour. He's clearly the best golfer in the world right now. You know, JJ and I made a little money on Scheffler and the Masters. We're probably going to do a little bit the same thing on the PGA. With the PGA coming up, I believe Scheffler's 12th to 1, uh, one of the favorites right now. <clears throat> so we shall see. But the PGA, uh, the second of the four majors coming up, uh, uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. All right, Joe Beningo with you here on the uh, Oh, the Pain podcast. I mentioned, don't forget the Blue Hill Golf Course. My wife, Terry, and I will be there. We're teeing off at 102. I'm all pumped up. I'm ready to attack. I haven't played in a couple days. I, I played Thursday, hit the ball really well off the tee. The rest of my game is eh, to say the least. But, you know, I'm hitting the ball good off the tee, so that's always a good thing. But we will play uh, uh, at 102, and you got to go check it out. I mean, it's it's my favorite golf course in the area. Three nine-hole courses there. They got 27 holes. You got Lakeside. You got Pines. You got Woodlands. Uh, go check it out. You get the best pro shop this side of the PGA store. I mean, they have an absolutely tremendous pro shop. Everything you could want there. Uh, every every kind of uh, golf clothes you could want. Hats, gloves, balls, bags, clubs, everything. Shoes, you name it. They got it there. Go see all my buddies. Big Mike, uh, uh, AJ. Uh, Chase, all my guys, check them out. <clears throat> They're even going to have, as the summer goes on now, we start really getting into the meat of the season, you're going to see the, uh, uh, the uh, what do they call those things again? That they, Oh, that's right. That's right. Right. What do you call them again? Simulators. Simulators. My wife had to remind me. Thank you. It's a good thing she's here. She's like producing. My wife's kind of like become like the, the Dove Kramer of the old days. Actually, it's, well, Dove thought he was the producer, but it was really Ernie. No, and then the old and the overnight days, of course, the the great Sugar Ray Martel. But yes, they're gonna have the simulators in there, so you want to check it out. Go to go check out Blue Hill. Like I said, I'll be teeing off today. My wife and I at one hundred and two, and before you go play Blue Hill, it's only a couple miles away in Rivervale, New Jersey. Go check out Anita Discount Tires. Go see my son Johnny. Go see Ari. They do a great job there. Anything with tires, you need service on your car. Go there, will you please? I need a discount tire, Westwood Avenue in Rivervale, New Jersey. And uh, like I said, see my son, Johnny. See Ari. He'll take care of you. Mention my name, and uh, you'll get a good deal from those guys. So 
again, go check Anita Discount Tire in Rivervale. And like I said, it's only a couple miles away from Blue Hill. You can go get your car service and right over and play some golf at uh, at Blue Hill and Pearl River. So, so there you go. All right, Joe Beningo with you here on the uh, O the Pain podcast. Now, I am not a big horse racing guy. The only time I really get into horse racing at all is the Triple Crown. And, you know, my wife gets into it too. How about what happened at this Derby, the Kentucky Derby on Sunday? Uh, excuse me, on Saturday. With this horse, 80 to 1, the horse wasn't even in the freaking field on Friday, right? Had another horse that wound up scratching out. And this horse winds up coming in, rich stake with uh, Sonny Leone, who nobody ever heard of as the jockey, and comes out of nowhere at an 80 to 1 long shot. Oh, my God, I wish I put a couple bucks on this horse. Uh, you know, you can retire if you bet enough. Uh, 80 to 1 long shot, and he wins it and just comes up the inside rail and just takes the, the race away at the end. Uh, a great uh, three-horse finish at the end. But how about this horse? That's that's crazy. That really is. Rich Stake, the name of the horse, 80 to 1 long shot. I think it was the biggest long shot to win in like over almost 100 years, I think, at, at Churchill Downs. Something crazy like that. Like I said, I'm no horse racing aficionado, but man, that was some race on Saturday. And we'll see what uh, Rich Strike now, uh, Rich Strike does now. I keep getting the name. I think I said Rich Steak. I don't know. It's because I can't eat steak anymore. I wish I could. Rich Strike. So we'll see if he, uh, what happens. I guess the uh, preakness awaits in a couple weeks down in Pimlico. So, but the unbelievable and 80 to one shot wins at uh, the Kentucky Derby this past Saturday. All right. Joe Beningo with the Oda Payne podcast. I want to remind everybody one more time. Don't forget Friday night. We'll be there seven o'clock live living color. Our third live podcast at the Hackensack Brewing Company, 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack. Come check us out. We'll have all kinds of surprises there. We'll have J.J. John Dostremski, his usual spot. Who knows who else will be there? Come check it out. We'll have a great time. The weather's getting better now, so we'll probably be outside a little bit as well. So we look forward to seeing everybody on Friday night at the Hackensack Brewing Company. Everybody, enjoy your week. I'm getting ready to go to the golf course of Blue Hill now. Everybody have a great week. Uh, like I said, we'll talk to you on Friday morning. And God bless and all the love.